December 20th, 2023. And continuing a t- learning Harambam's Moreh Nebuchim, what uh, in recent weeks we've kind of stumbled upon and talked about more and more is how for Harambam, and of course we noticed this from the very beginning, we took it in a little bit of a different direction, but for Harambam to achieve as a human being, to be um, a, a successful Jew, perhaps as well, is to be able to perfect your intellect. And in turn, uh, for example, last week even, uh, that demonstrated itself in the domain of a proper understanding of halakha. Halakha can and would be properly understood without much mahlokit, because intellectually speaking, it's a system, as he understands it, which, if your mind is used properly, and you master the system appropriately, well, you in turn won't have much dispute if many people, if all people are doing so. And by extension, much of what we've discussed really will fit into Harambam's vision of how matters in life really can and should be focused and funneled through an intellectual lens. Uh, That's the way we should be approaching matters. The very onset, he talked about the failure of human beings to live a life of emet and sheker, and in turn, the, uh, the, the obligation that we have as human beings, as members of Am Yisrael, perhaps, to search for a life of emet and sheker, to perfect our intellect in a certain sense. Now, what I'd like to talk about this week, and I alluded to it in past weeks, but I'd like to give a picture of it this week, is how that demonstrates itself in Harambam's understanding of uh, the first two of the Ten Commandments, or better yet, the first. Anochi Adonai Lohecha asher me'eretz Misraim. Well, what is that obligation? Of course, you can and would ask many people and get many different answers. It's not per se stated as an obligation. It's anochi, it's a description. Uh, I am the God who took you out of Egypt. But Harambam's understanding of it, as many medieval uh, rabbis and codifiers of mitzvot, is there's a mitzvah here. It's one of the Ten Commandments. It's not just devarim, words, it's commandments. That's the general understanding. So how would he, how did he, as a matter of fact, we learned from the chapter that I want to learn today, twice already, we had two classes on Chalik Bet, Perek Lamid Gimal. That's the chapter wherein we focused more on everything that surrounded this paragraph. We read this paragraph, but we focused on the call at Har Sinai, if you recall, how it was really prophetically fully comprehended by Moshe and in turn transmitted to the people, whereas the people had a certain experiential dimension in terms of understanding, not fully. So I want to start there from Harambam. Then what I'd like to look at next is a perush of Ibn Ezra, who's a, a, a generation before Harambam, to that pasuk in Shemot Perekaf in the Aseret HaDiberot. And then finally, the words of Rabbi Yehuda Levi, who's a generation yet before Ibn Ezra. Harambam did have some of the writings of Ibn Ezra. We know that from his other writings. He will reference it from time to time, I think rarely. Um, Rabbi Yehuda Levi, he certainly was knowledgeable uh, with, and his writing is a pronounced different approach through and through, as we've noticed and described and understood throughout. But here it is in terms of, again, getting to his understanding and in turn contrasting it to others. And it will, I believe, take a turn in terms of our conversation in appreciating it kind of in a contemporary lens as well. In other words, uh, just taking a step back and thinking when we conclude how many people in the uh, common collective, in the masses, really even seek a Maimonidean, a Harambam approach to Anochi. Uh, whereas it might be easier or it might be more compelling, or for one reason or another, Rabbi Udah Levi's general approach to uh, Judaism and certainly 
to this cardinal reality or cardinal command is very much more popular today. And as Sammy has said more than once, probably always was. But here it is, Harambam in Helik Bet in Perik Lamit Gimal. So skipping the first paragraph, which was, was and is important, but we've learned it and focused on it more, more than once in the past. In the second paragraph, that's two lines from the bottom, Harambam writes, Ulam. However, now again, the context is where Harambam is saying that, well, Am Yisrael were not prophetically skilled and at the level where they could receive Nivuad Har Sinai, and as a result, they didn't have a full comprehension. So he takes a step back and respects and deals with a rabbinic statement. It's a Gemara at the end of Masechim Makot, that's a well-known statement. Ulam lachachamim, gam dvarim meforashim bekama mekomot bemidrashot vegam betalmud, Vehu Omram, the rabbis have a well-known statement in several places, even in Talmud. Those first two utterances at Har Sinai, as described in the Torah, Parashat Yitron, Parashat Vayet Hanan, Mipi HaGivura Shema'um. The Gemara, the rabbis state, we heard those, the people heard those, from God. And the understanding of the rabbis, specifically in these Midrashim, is that the first two of the Aseret HaDeberot were heard directly from God whatever that means. The next eight were a point where the people intervened, turned to Moshe and said, please, we can't stand hearing it from God. We have these Pesukim in the Torah, just our Pesukim in the Torah come after all Ten Commandments. The rabbis injected in the middle in the most simple sense in terms of methodology in reading the Torah because the first two are first person. That's God speaking. And then you go to the third one, and it's Lotisat Shem Adonai Elohecha Lashav. It's third person. Just quickly, in terms of the differences between the, the, the texts, the, the, the version that we have in Yitron, the version we have in Devarim, that, that, <coughs> that commandment it has no difference. has barely any differences. Very, right. Correct. Very, uh, the significant ones are by Shabbat, right, and right, even right. in Lotisat. But you're going to claim that anything was from God with... Oh, interesting. Clarity that it didn't change. There's there, no there difference. There it is. It's explicit. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. So again, so Harambam needs to contend with this for his purposes. Let's remember uh, how could they have heard those, so to speak, from God? Hearing from God is is really a mis. We, we don't talk about hearing from God. We use those words so that you and I can hear it. We mean experiencing reverberation. That was the call, right? But in other words, when the Gemara says they heard it, so Harambam understands that as. Well, they really comprehended. They didn't just have a reverberation and understanding. They had something more direct. How so? They weren't prophetically up to par with that. Says Arambam HaKavana, Shem Higiu Elehem, Keshem Shigiu El Moshe Rabbeinu. That's right, says Arambam. Those two were received by the people on the same level as Moshe. A little counterintuitive. Not exactly the direction I would have thought he was going to go in, I would have thought he would say, well, lo tiknov, lo ta'aneh, lo tahmod. Those are things everybody could understand just like Moshe. They can understand, but there's a lot of subjectivity built into all Absolutely. Those here. Absolutely. If you can't start with a certain axiomatic premise, you can't get past Absolutely. So Sammy says, whereas the subsequent, let's call it eight of the Ten Commandments, are somewhat nuanced, somewhat uh, um, articulated in a particular way as part of, call it the God system. The first two, and this is the words that Harambam will, again, somewhat ironically nonetheless, maybe even paradoxically set forth for us, he's going to say those first two are 
what we all could and did perceive independently, without prophecy. The existence of God, let me say it clearly, we'll read it in a moment, was an intellectual attainment and achievement. Sorry, go ahead. No, is that what you referred to, or are you talking about the substance of the article? You, you were saying the others are, like you said, more to go. This one is the statement. Of, I mean, you go like a drug right. says, covenant format, that's how you do it. You say who I am and... Sure. Absolutely. No, no, one second. So so what Abi's just pointing out is in Hanambam's, there's an assumption here. And it's kind of what I was alluding to earlier quickly that it's not per se a command. In other words, it it is alternatively an introduction. By the way, this is who I am. It's not the rabbinic interpretation of it. Harambam in his Sefer HaMitzvot, for example, in his beginning of Hilchot Yesodei HaTorah, Yesodei Yesodot, what is the primary Yesod? Leda Shiesha Matsui Vehu Mansi Bechon And that's a command. It's a command of knowledge, of understanding. You can't go past this without... Right, absorbing it again. Abi, not arguing in this I'm moment. Not, just... No, I understand, but I'm. We're not arguing in this moment or but saying we're not arguing. Right? We're not saying requisite. It's the form, it no, is no, the form. no. Oh, the, the only point that Abi's making is that peshat, and I believe he's right. Peshat is it's not a command at all. But yes, we're now interpreting. Haram Bam's interpreting. It is a command, and the command but he's is just saying it's a format, and I'm saying that. It's a necessary format. Okay. What I mean by necessary format is if you don't start that way, you don't, the rest of the thing doesn't make sense. I don't I can't okay. go farther okay. unless we all are on the same page and say Agreed. one plus one is two. If you can't do that, if you can't accept that, we can't have any conversation. And how, what I'm trying to say is that the, the reason is, yes, that is important, but the reason that it's written this way is as Rabbi Shem says, that's how you make a video. Well, why? You say, why? why I am, what I did for you. Why is that the way you make a video? Because that's how they did, because you they can't have a video otherwise. No, that, those days. In other words, no, maybe he's taking it a step further. A step further that Sammy's taking this, here's contract. Let's yeah. call it contractual. Yeah. I can't talk about the contract if I don't know who the parties are. Yes, so that's the description. Those first two of the Diberot, again, the reality, the existence of God, his nature to a certain extent was not achieved by the people intellectually through Moshe. It was just independent. These two principles, existence of God, oneness of God, they can and are perceived through Human intellectual pursuit. You need nothing more. You don't need prophecy. You don't need some sort of external inspiration. These are for Harambam and his understanding to get to. Now, this is no simple feat. I will be honest with you. I'll speak to anyone alive today, uh, no matter how wise they are, and say to them, can you prove the existence of God? They have to be lying if they can say yes, definitively. And that's why it's the command. Understood. The command is to say, this is true, without the explanation. Oh, but I don't think that's what Haram Bama is saying. He's saying saying you have to accept it as true. I don't think he's saying accepting. Musagim, they're understood. It's Yedi'ah, so to speak, with empiricism, with proof. With proof? I know you and I say that. It, no, it's Ke'ilu. Okay, so, okay, but that's what, but that's what we're striving for. 
Just take a step back. You said the, it, it says here that they heard it as the way Moshe heard. Yes. But Moshe's panim panim. How could they? He doesn't mean that. That's exactly right. He didn't say they. they he said it came to them. In other words, you don't need prophecy in order to understand these first two. The next you do, Moshe has prophecy. You don't need any prophecy, he says, understanding. He says this was a moment of intellectual inspiration. And they, in turn, understood these, these concepts. Kol moftit, anything that can be known through empirical evidence, din hanavi a prophet and a wise person are the same. Neither one of them has the upper hand. These two, they aren't known only through prophecy. This is significant. And this next point, and really the Ibn Ezra, were pointed out in the book by Rabbi Yitzhak Shilat, his book on Kuzari and Harambam. And he points out that this next line is a point of conflict between Harambam and Kuzari, and even Ibn Ezra. Lashon HaTorahu, the words of the Torah are in Devarim, and Parashat Ba'et Hanan, Moshe's reminiscence of Har Sinai, Atahoreta Ladat, Ki Adonai Hu HaElohim, and Od Milevado. What do those words mean? You showed us the knowledge that God is the uh, dominant being, define Elohim accordingly, and od milevado, there is not another. That's the anochi and lo yihye. What does atahor eta mean for harambam? Well, this brings us back to conversations we had in Helek Aleph. You might recall, we even learned from the chapter, I think it was Perek Tet, somewhere around there, where harambam talked about words in the Torah that refer to vision. And vision meant not physical vision, per se, but intellectual understanding. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You're not seeing, you understand what I'm saying. A Jose, another name for a Navi, is a seer. Might mean actual seeing, but regardless. So this Pasuk, and as a matter of fact, he, he mentioned it there in the next chapter as well, for Harambam is a reference to intellectual understanding. He ironically, I say ironically based on what we're going to learn afterwards, brings this as the proof text that knowledge of God is exactly that. It's knowledge of God. It's not what we might say the word today, emunah, or belief. That's not the mitzvah. That's not the command. It's not what we're striving for. It's not what we're looking to do. We're looking to know God. How do you know God? Through understanding the world, through understanding his words, through thinking this through appropriately and properly. That's what this is. The rest of the, the Ten Commandments, again, a little ironic, but as Sammy said, we have already kind of talked about this more than once, but again, the, the rest of the Deberot, each one of them has idiosyncrasies. Each one of them has specifics. So therefore, they are somewhat societally understood. They're accepted norms. They're not, they're not absolute truths. Lo mimin hamuskalot. They're not emet and shaker realities. No, don't kill. Those are Haram Bam's words. No, Ironic. You can kill. You just have to have a justified reason for killing. You <coughs> have a lot of debate around what's Fantastic. justified and what's not justified. Fantastic, Sammy. Indeed, you can kill. In court, capital punishment is absolutely appropriate. Indeed. Well said. Okay, with that, I want to now bring our conversation to the words of Ibn Ezra and his commentary to the Torah. 
I was not, until I read Rabbi Shilat's book, familiar with these words, and they are, on many levels, just very interesting. First and foremost, it's, it's here, it's in his Perush Ha'aroch, Ibn Ezra, who lived in Toledo in Spain, again, two generations or so before Harambam, late 11th century, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so he has uh, two commentaries on the Torah, one he calls the shorter, one he calls the longer, and here in the second column, on the right-hand side is the Ramban Nahmani, left-hand side is Ibn Ezra, uh, it's the second paragraph. And again, he's commenting on the Anochi, the left side, over here, second paragraph. She'alani, I was asked, he writes, and again, we're reading this not so much as you'll understand a full point of contrast to Harambam. That will have in the Bihudah Levi. Interestingly, we're setting up a spectrum. Harambam on the right-hand side, in terms of Anochi is knowledge of God, uh, Ibn Ezra is going to be somewhere in the middle, and then Kuzari, Yudah Levi, will be all the way on the right. Chronologically, Yudah Levi is first. Ibn Ezra second, and Ha'anbam last. Exactly. Um, as, which, again, I, I, I don't know how you would have expected that, No, because what you're about to read already knew sure. of what you're saying, the Yudah Levi. Yes. Ha'anbam potentially had exposure both to at least this and... Okay. Absolutely. So much so did he know what Rabbi Yudah Levi said. Uh, look what he says. She'alani Rabbi Yudah Levi kabot. He says, I was asked by Rabbi Yudah Levi. Now mind you, we will read Rabbi Yudah Levi's words about this very issue, but even as I was remembering, I was asked, and he's, it's after the death already of Rabbi Yudah Levi, very important Spanish rabbi, uh, Ibn Ezra was as well, and he says, I was asked by him, why is the Pasuk described God? Why is God's, uh, let's call it covenantal introduction, if you will, or his command as a covenantal introduction, however you want to term that, but why is it, I'm the God who took you out of Egypt, Afterwards, mind you, he'll talk about Shabbat as a commemoration of creation, in one of the two places here, in, right, in Shemot, he'll, he'll, he'll describe it that way, right? So, of, of creation of heavens and earth. So why not begin with creations of heaven and earth? Why isn't that God's uh, defining character? Why isn't that how he introduces himself? And I made you. Well, those are two very important aspects of God's relationship to humanity as well. This was my response to him. Uh, I had a conversation about it. Da. You should know. My friend Rabbi Yehudah Levi, human beings, understanding, acceptance, and even belief in God are not parallel one to the other. There are different levels of perception and of acceptance of God in a certain sense. How so? The majority of people believe that which they are told. There is a God. Um, he is our God. And he did X, Y, that's accepted. That's said that into the ear. Those who are a little bit above them in terms of being a little bit more questioning, seeking a little bit more depth, depth, they opened up to the Torah, Torah, and that's where they read it. It's not just that their rabbi, their friend, or their parent told them it. They found it in the text of the Torah. Either one of these groups, even the second one, if a heretic comes to make claims against them, there is no God, they'll put their hand on their mouth. They won't know how to respond. 
There's no depth to their conviction of God's existence. But then there's a third group, those whose mind was elevated to know knowledge, to study um, intellectually. They're like levels to get to the place where you want to be. They'll find and appreciate God through his handiwork, so to speak, through the metals in the world and the growth and vegetation and the animal kingdom. And through analyzing the human body. You'll understand each limb based on its derivatives. And why were we created in such a fashion? And then if he's doing really well and he's intellectually stimulated, stimulated he'll get into astronomy. And that's the, the, the works of God, so to speak, in this intermediary world. Left hand side, Shuho Ahmed, Veda Ziman Matai Tiktar Hashemish Wahlevana, and he'll in turn understand again, he'll understand the uh, the different uh, ways of the sun and the moon, the Kamayiktar Hashemish Mimenu, Gamiyeda Halevana, Lamanikteram, Bigaram, Labholeli, Yedabarayot, Gimurot, Shemba, and Safek. He'll have a scientific knowledge. That's a person who's striving above and beyond. He's not denigrating, he's not putting down the first ones, he's just saying it's not enough. And this person who's truly strong, this is, uh, this is very Mamadiyan. Haram would be very happy about this. He'd be um, nodding his head about this. And from the ways of God, the maskil, the knowledgeable person, will discover God. Moshe requested of God, show me your ways, and in turn I'll understand you, I'll know you. He wants knowledge of God through the world. I told him not. That's true. <laughs> okay, but what was he seeking? Vehine. Hashem anichbad his kir badibur harishon anochiyanu ma'ilohecha veze lo yuchal lahavin rak mishu hacham mufla. The statement. Very in line with Harambam so far. A hundred percent in line with Harambam. <coughs> the words of Ibn Ezra are fun, but except for the final words, except for the final words that we just read. Everything he said we could and would accept as of Maimonidean statement, of course, uh, anachronistic, on bombs later. Its final words, though, are, Anochi Adonai Lohecha are only understood by the, by, the elite. by the elite. They're only understood by those who have gone up those rungs of intellect. So Ibn Ezra, already from this introductory statement, he hasn't kind of answered the question yet, but he's already revealed to us where he's going. He's going to suggest there are different modes and different ways which are appropriate for connecting yourself to God, for achieving Anochi. But then that's what Harambam is saying in Mishneh Torah, in Hilchot Yisudei Torah. You have to know all this stuff in order to arrive at knowledge of Hashem. What he's saying in Moreh here seems to be suggesting something different. And the way I'm seeing it is, he's saying, Everyone heard this. It didn't matter the level of intelligence, and it's a commandment so that everybody understands that we cannot continue reading until everyone accepts this as fact, as truth, absent of proof. It's just is. It can't be it's what he's saying. He mentioned the words. He mentioned afterwards. He says that... Mm-hmm. 
Why is he talking about that? He's talking about understanding it through that proof. proof. I think that's what he means. I think he's talking, I think he's saying they understood it because intellectually in that moment they put it together. It's only saying the last class, is the one who could understand it. Everybody else cannot. Ibn Ezra. Yeah, 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 yeah no, 100%. No, but again, I'm, that, and for that reason, I'm contrasting, again, not me, Rabbi Shilat, is contrasting Ibn Ezra, who's very much on this path of Harambam, but not the same. Because for Ibn Ezra, Anochi is split up. You have Anochi Adonai Luhecha. Pause for a second. Understand, that is for the wise ones. You want to achieve an understanding of God? Uh, pause and find his existence in this world. Seek him out like Moshe. Be a person who's seeking and searching. Skip down some lines to where the final word on the line is vihine. I put a little bit of a bracket over there. Vihine, Hashem asa He continues and he said, God performed miracles in Egypt. Pause for a second. For what? For what reason? Of course, we always ask this question. Of course, there's no simple answer. Says Ibn Ezra, I'll tell you one purpose at least for them. Because mm-hmm. uh, then Moshe took them out and through those miracles, through the signs performed by God, well, the people had open eyes to feeling, experiencing God. They didn't intellectually per se understand it. They didn't per se rise to the level of what Haram Bam described, what Ibn Ezra was talking about earlier. They got to instead, they got to an understanding on a lower level of God, which is not, I'm not going to use the word just as good, but it's there. It's in the Ten Commandments for Ibn Ezra. God doesn't just say, know me, realize me. God says, know me. Can't? I'll start with this. Let's talk about how you experienced my taking you out of Egypt. Continues Ibn Ezra. Skip again a few lines down to next to footnote 69 where I put a bracket again. Based on and the purpose of that, that sign of God in Egypt, Amar Moshe, Ata Horeta Ladaat. The same pasuk which Harambam cited as an understanding that the people had with full clarity, as I understand it, in the Moreh, says Ibn Ezra, that pasuk is Moshe's expression of, by the way, guys, even if you don't understand this, you saw it, you sensed it, you perceived it, you experienced it. Not the same grasp, certainly a certain depth to it. What do future generations do? Well, future generations have to accept it. They have to realize my great 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 my great 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 grandfather and grandmother, they saw it, and there's a chain of tradition which for that individual becomes their mechanism. Everyone saw it, but the great ones and the lowly ones. He says as well, Moshe Rabbeinu continued and said, You heard the voice of God. For Harambam, I know it inspired them, it awakened them, but for even Ezra, it's more than that. As you heard the voice of God, you had a sensual experience wherein, as a result, or as a result of which, you have to accept. So that reason, the Pasuk says, You can't talk intellectually and philosophically to everyone. You can't say who created, created you, brought forth existence. That's difficult. That takes the wise ones to seek out and search and understand the world. Instead, speak to them, says, the, says God, 
in a manner, in a fashion, based on their experience. And God, as a result, says that full knowledge, a person can intellectually, with evidence, with empiricism, bring forth that's why the Pasuk finishes there in Vaithanan, So again, it begins with Ladat. Then it finishes, and therefore, maybe you can go out and understand better. Quotes a Pasuk from Divrei Hayamim, David, so as a result, he splits up that first utterance, I am God, who took you out of Egypt, that both that one who's intellectually stimulated and has that ability or has gone out and done it can understand as well as he who cannot so again, on our spectrum, in terms of Harambam, on that right-hand side, the extremist, in terms of, you want to understand God? You want to rise as a human being, as a Jew? We'll start sharpening your mind. Start getting to the bottom of everything. Uh, Ibn Ezra has put us a little bit closer to the middle on this. Certainly what you're striving for. I'm not going to deny that. Let's not turn this all into uh, a, uh, an emotionally charged, experiential religion. But there is room for that in ways that Harambam did not, and I believe will not grant. Harambam's not going to deny their existence, but you might recall, touch for Harambam in his Aristotelian mind. We learned this three, four, disgusting, terrible. Senses overcome them. Intellect. That's Harambam's vision of man, human beings, uh, a perfect uh, way of growth. Uh, even Ezra, not exactly on that program. Lastly, in terms of this discussion question, what is Ibn Ezra's like explanation of what happened <coughs> to Harambam says there was no call per se with an intellectual epiphany. What is Ibn Ezra? I don't know everything that Ibn Ezra writes, but I can only glean from his words here because here he did talk about as an experience. Now, I know you'd say, and I understand the deficiency because I was overreading it, and that's why I backed off of it. Now, you might say the call was also experiential, but not really. It was like a fleeting experience. Even Ezra said over here in this line, when he was talking about Moshe's, mentioned to them, you saw and you heard the voice of God. And so he's accentuating that. So I think for Ibn Ezra, there was something, I don't know if it was prophetic per se, I don't know how he falls out on that, but there was something beyond just reverberations that they experienced. They experienced something more uh, majestic. They experienced... Why, why wouldn't, why we have to point to what's happened in this time in order for God to say that he's God? For that person, the person they're experiencing, it should be able to do it. In truth, those are the words of Moshe in Parashat Hanai. So what I'm saying is, at Har Sinai, you're going to say, you're, you want him to say, who in this moment? I, I understand. I, I, I do think, nonetheless, Yitzhak Mitzrayim was still grander and greater, even than Har Sinai. Maybe that's heretical, but I, I do believe so, for, at least experientially. And I do at the same time know that Moshe. Who is speaking to you right now? Well, why did he say that? No, so if, if they're experiencing it right then. It's, it's an interesting question. Again, Moshe does that in Parashat. Through your speaking at Har Sinai, 
um, uh, but, but point taken nonetheless. As at last on our spectrum is, uh, is Kuzari. And to uh, modernize this conversation, uh, I, I, I might redo this conversation as an initial question which would go as follows. If I'm speaking to the masses, searching for their optimal connectedness to God, where should I begin? With the difficult intricacies of Morene Buchim, focusing on an intellectual uh, perception of God, or alternatively, we could talk about Kuzari, but I could make it even more you know, contemporary, or Misilat Yisharim. Uh, should I inspire the people, bring them to a certain moral and ethical way through which they'll experience God in some sort of emotional experience and some, something along those lines. So again, Harambam, I think it's clear. When you're talking about this, there's no room for it. No, we're talking about Anochi and Lo Yihyeh, and I, you might and you can and maybe should make claims against Harambam, but not everyone could do that. He's not going to deny that, and that's a deficiency in his general approach. It sounds like an elitist uh, approach over here. Not everyone can actually perceive that and get there. Okay, uh, Ibn Ezra put us somewhere in the middle. Let's deal with each person accordingly. Rihal Rabbi Yudah Levi, on this last, in his Ma'amar Rishon, will pick up from um, Yod Aleph here, Ma'amar Rishon Yod Aleph, at the very top of this next page, will bring us seemingly to the opposite end of the extreme. He won't deny intellectual connectedness to God at all, but he will very much highlight and stress the experiential dimension. He'll very much focus on the re'iyah, on the sense of sight, on seeing, in other words, in the physical sense, uh, seeing in the prophetic sense, seeing in, uh, so to speak, the traditional sense. Ve'amarlo. Now, if you know about Kuzari, there's a conversation in Kuzari between a king of Kezar, of Kuzar, and this haver, this uh, a scholar, uh, representative of Judaism. Well, skipping all the background, we've discussed on other occasions, that's where we're jumping in. So the haver, the scholar, the defendant of Judaism, is speaking to this Melech Kezar, Ve'amar. Anima Amin, and obviously we're jumping in the middle of the conversation, Be'eloke Abraham v'Yitzhak v'Yisrael. My belief is in the God, and again, that's the words already, my belief, right? My belief is in the God of Avram Tzachakne Yaakov, who took B'nai Israel out of Egypt, sustained them in the desert, gave them the Torah, and land, oh, he didn't say those words, but okay, he gave them the land of Canaan, uh, after he brought them through the sea, and they gave Moshe, there it is, Moshe, and the Torah, and so forth, and then through prophets led us uh, for generations. We have a full belief and acceptance of everything in the Torah. There's much to say. In this reconstructed conversation, the king of Kezar responds, I already determined, I happen to remember the first time I learned this in 11th grade in, uh, with Rabbi Kronman. He says, I already determined I wouldn't ask a Jew about this. I know about their low-level intellect, their cheap way of approaching things. 
their difficult trials and travails over the course of their life, they didn't really leave them with high-level minds. You see, the reason I'm putting you down is because I can't understand why you appealed to Egypt and desert and people. Why don't you just appeal to the fact that you have belief of God who created the world and sustains it and continues. He who created you. Again, Ibn Ezra was having conversations with Rabbi Yudah Levi because they're talking the same language. Any religious person or law-abiding person in that respect would speak like this. Why do you have to make this so subjective or so uh, specific? Why do you need to make this about yourself and your connectedness? Why don't you make it a little bit more broad? You have a belief in the universal God. You could still talk about seeking and searching for justice and righteousness because of acceptance of this universal God. Amar he haver. Says the haver, and we get into the crux of the statement. Let me tell you, your approach, the one that you just mentioned, he'll directly call the philosophical approach in a moment, brings forth much clarity, but just as much doubts and uncertainties. Go speak to the philosophers. By definition, we today laugh at the word philosophizing. I got into a conversation with him and he was philosophizing, which means he was going all around the place in circles. Philosophers as people who have, says Kuzari, no punchline, no clarity. They're making claims. Some of them will be backed up by evidence. Most of them, others will not per se. Some of them you won't even be able to explain. Certainly won't have proof for it. Amara Kusari says the Kusari backed him. So now I get it. Now I understand why you talked about the God who took you out of Egypt experientially pointing to something more concrete as opposed to something more uh, prone to doubt. I understand your, your approach as a Jew. Uh, opening They are accepted from their initial reference, your initial reference of who you are. I'd like you now to expand. I cut you off in the middle, telling you I didn't like the way you're talking. Tell me more. And here's the uh, beautiful line, at least the way Rabbi Shilat really highlights it. Amar hechaver hamofet. Let me tell you, my initial statement is the proof, is what I know. That's how I start talking. I start talking about the acceptance oh. of God. Yater alken. Once I get stuck with doubts, and of course they're going to come, hi ha I then focus on sight. And again, Rabbi in a very striking line over here, in contrast, and he'll quote the Pasuk in a few moments later on in the book, but we'll read it. He's in a striking comment, sight for him is not, I don't need proofs or empiricism in order to set forth who I am and what I believe in. I'll begin with what I know and I'll quickly dovetail into what I see, what I've seen, 
whether it's prophetically, and at this point, it's based on tradition. No shame in talking like that. No issue with talking about himself, so to speak, Rabbi Yehuda Levi, through these lines, as the person whom Harambam would say, I wasn't standing on Har Sinai, yeah, anyone on Har Sinai understood this, How, who even Ezra would say is a lower level individual, doesn't really get it. Rabbi Yehuda Levi says, sometimes, oftentimes, sight is more significant than evidence. Re'iyah than ra'ayah. Because evidence can be disputed, sight cannot. If you skip here to later in this in this chapter, saying? you can't see God. You can't, can't see God. You can you. see what He's done to you. Yeah, you can you see that He's taking you out of Egypt. That's what He's <coughs> That's His point. Okay. That is His point. And if you turn now to the next side, it's later in the Ma'amar Harishon. Just going to read a little bit more with regards to His words um, here. Um, uh, take a look at um, Kafdalid. Amar Kuzari. No, let's go to Kafkima. Amar Haver. Vim Tishael Alav Bametet Ha'areu. If I to ask about God, how would you describe him? Amar Kuzari. B'tarim Asherit Ametu Etzli B'marayinaim. Based on that, which I saw. Ha'reken Atzaref Otam Atzaref Alehem Otam Shayu Mefusarim Vayit Baru Alide Elacharonim. Amar Haver. Listen to how Moshe spoke in his initial words to Paro. The God of the Israelites, of the Ivrim, has sent me to you. Interestingly, he speaks initially about Avram Tchakniakov. That's what he's referring to. You're saying to me, no, no, that's, nobody knows about that. His understanding, oh, okay, this is Rabbi Udalevi flourish, mm-hmm. is that everybody at that time knew about this unique group of people. He calls it the people who had a Nyan Ha'elohi. The Avram Tchakniakov chain, everybody knew about them. So as a result, Moshe can open up with Paro by talking about something, status quo. You know what I mean. The net, go ahead. So I can't point to anything to prove God with respect to creation of the world. That's what's going on. I can point to the fact that I exist and my existence traces back to a legacy that begins with a story, Egypt and prior to Egypt, Abraham Isaac. Which we all know. Which we all know. That's that's so the I can point to that. And that's and what we call... That proves God. And that's what we call re'iyah as opposed to re'ayah. That's, that's his point. That's sight as opposed to evidence. Sight that pointing I'm here and I trace that. And that, that is, so to speak, sufficient. The emunah, I'm calling that emunah. Yeah, emunah it's, not em, it's not emunah in a blind faith sense. It's emunah in an experiential sense. Fine. As opposed to empirically proving it from the world around you that there's a creator, so to speak. The creator of heaven and earth, or creator of me and your. And indeed, that's what God says in his initial words. 
Now, I don't know. Did Abu Dalevi plagiarize from the conversation with uh, Ibn Ezra? Or did he have the answer already? And Ibn Ezra, because keep in mind, he's kind of, he's not going to say the whole conversation. He's not going to say the whole Ibn Ezra because he's taking us to the other extreme. He's not starting with, pause. That in and of itself is significant, as Ibn Ezra said, for those who understand. And then, Asher Seyticha. For him, it's one fell swoop. Everything. God's words at Har Sinai were a call to the experience. For Harambam, well, uh, you know, you have to bank on the experience? No, no, you got this. It's the, the question persists, so to speak, and I know, maybe it's not really a question, so it's so strong, but you know, you kind of have to turn now to Harambam and say, so why does it say, Asher Why doesn't it say, Asher Barati Shamayim Ba'aretz? What's that? They couldn't grasp it. But Harambam is saying, seemingly, that they could grasp no, it. only some. No. Harambam seems to be saying everyone can. It's the site, it's the Atahoreta Ladat, which for Biudah Levi, which for Ibn Ezra is a reference to, we experienced it. We know about it because we lived through it. How are you, how are you positioning this farther? Different than Ibn Ezra. Yeah. Because for Ibn Ezra, there was a pause. There was Anokhi Adonai Lohecha, pause. You got that? No, you may have not gotten that. Okay, so now let me tell you, Asher Yosef Tichamerez Mitzrayim. Biudah Levi never did that. Biudah Levi says, the introductory statement is, You want to know who I am? Let's not get into the intellectual yet. You want to work on that? I want you to work on that, but I want to really focus on the the indisputable facts, the stuff that we can all understand. That is what I'm calling emunah. I don't know the contemporary emunah per se. Maybe Mr. Lai Yishan goes too far. That's a whole lot of emunah. addressing Correct. Correct. So Hanabam does not address it. So you can, I'm sure there are many answers we can suggest. First and foremost, you might say, just simply speaking, it's understood. Understood. So he knows why doesn't he address it? Very interesting point. Very interesting point that he doesn't directly address it. It might be, again, I'm talking Peshat, maybe now for a moment. It might be that for Harambam, this is, so to speak, contractual. Right? Our relationship is based upon this. But Anokhiyah, pause. Right? Harambam as well. And that's the main part. But by the way, this relationship is, it's not that that's what uh, commands you to know me. It's not that what brings you. That's who I am. Something along those lines might be the easiest to approach. More descriptive in nature, as opposed to part of the essence of what is being communicated, respected by the first two words. Yes, yes, well said. Uh, To piece it all together and to just restate what we've said on so many other occasions, but I felt, again, it very necessary to actually see it now, and I really very much appreciated it being presented like this from Rabbi Yitzhak Shilat um, on, on a core issue, the existence of God. Uh, well, this issue, and I've alluded to it more than once, Harambam doesn't talk about this word emunah. For Harambam, it's Yediat Hashem. Does that mean there's no room for emunah? Uh, we have to address that. As Abi has said a moment or two ago, uh, it can't really expect everyone to. I mean, he says at Har Sinai they did. He says, I expect you to. But what about if I don't? So that's it. Give up. I, I achieve nothing. It's an important and very, very important kind of issue to, to kind of grapple with. And I'll remind you again. He doesn't explicitly deal with it, A, and B, it is, over the course of time, a deficiency in his general approach. P, 
people on Harabah. No, that's what people, I'm saying is that yeah, I that believe, level. and I can't point to the words, and I'm not operating in the full right. context, but I believe that what Harabah is saying is everybody just has to accept, accept. it as fact, right. regardless of your intellectual right. level. Right. And everybody has enough intellect to accept <coughs> okay. it as fact. Okay. okay. Uh, on the other end of the spectrum, again, is this Rabbi Hudahalevi approach, which is uh, much more accentuating, highlighting, focusing on the experience because that's the part that we can all wrap our head around. And our relationship with God in his mind is not cheapened, it's actually deepened by focusing on that as opposed to the confusing side of uh, empiricism and intellectual endeavors and things of like that. It's not that he doesn't have an appreciation for the other, but that's right. And even Ezra, again, is somewhere in the middle. This did and will continue to creep into many of the conversations in the Moreh, and in my mind, has affected many of the conversations in the past, which we've only alluded to in the recent weeks. Again, going back to an issue, for example, which we addressed, of course, of a long time last year, where Harambam is specifically and only focused on the essence of something. There's nothing other than intellectual growth, mm -hmm. and Kiddusha, as a result, is a conduit, or, or is a is a, um, a atmosphere which brings me to better understanding. Almost everyone else has an altogether different approach. How could they speak like that? Because they can comfortably focus on the experiential dimension. Whereas Harambam, the ladder of Yaakov, represents the rungs of intellectual growth. Nefesh Hayim it was, it's the rungs of Kedusha, the rungs of connectedness to God, something experiential, very much in line with this contrast between a Aristotelian Harambam approach to matters on, uh, on a, a, a real extreme in this respect to the extent that returning again to that Helek Bet, Perek Lamit Gimel, Harambam's vision of Har Sinai, those two Diberot were best understood because they're so naturally intellectually perceived as opposed to Rabbi Huda Halevi who would say, what are you talking about? They can only be accepted based on that experience. All right, Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen.